everybody, we are back for week number two. So we're so excited. Today we're going to be talking about zodiac signs and uh, numbers, biblical repetition, everything about them. Of course, I'm here today with my co-host, Sean Ballard. How's it going? So, uh, before we dive in, what's been going on, Sean? What's been well, on your life? Not a whole lot. We just uh, we got back from spring break. We ran over 3,000 miles um, going through Arizona, New Mexico, and Oklahoma, and then Texas. And it was just a kind of a memorial lane kind of trip. Uh, my grandpa uh, pastored in Phoenix, Arizona. It was actually Chandler, Arizona, which is pretty much like a suburb of, of Phoenix. And he pastored there for 20 years, retired from there. And we used to go see him every spring break with my parents. And so we wanted to take my kids on kind of that same um, trek as we used to go, just to kind of let them see everything. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we saw the old church that Grandpa was at. Actually saw um, – He's a youth pastor now, but when we were kids, he was a guy that we just hung out with that we kind of knew. And apparently, my, that's for my sister. She lived there. I don't remember anything about it because I wasn't born then. When my dad youth pastored at that church, um, she was friends with this guy. And I can't think of his name right off my head because I didn't know him because I was too little. And she was like, oh, they saw each other's face. And he's like, well, you're family. Come on in. So we got to go like do a tour of the church oh, cool. and see everything. And, of course, my little kids are running through the sanctuary, and I kind of freaked out. And then we went to my... Uh, grandma and grandpa's old parsonage took a picture sent to my grandma and then the one my favorite things we did is we went to this old river not an old river i mean it's just a river and uh, my grandpa used to take us catfishing every time we'd go visit during the summer and uh, when we got tired of fishing grandma would take us for a walk to look for rocks that were the shape of eggs and so we took me and maria my sister um, her son carmel Eddie and, and Nora, we went searching for egg rocks. And we found a couple for Grandma that we're going to give them to her when we see her the next time. So we just came back from a pretty fun vacation. We had a lot of fun. That's so you're well-rested is what you're saying. You're ready to dive back in. Well, I dove back in last night, and I had fun with my sermon last night, and I loved good. it. So, yeah, we're back full action. Nice. It's good to hear. Uh, anyway, so let's jump in. Zodiac. Well, before we jump in, I wanted to ask you, what do you have going on with the youth ministry? Well, I don't do anything with the youth ministry. Oh, my bad. That's, what do I got going on? What do you got going on with the uh, children's ministry? Well, not too much now. Thankfully, we just got done with that BGMC fundraiser. And uh, thank you to everybody you know who's listening that uh, helped us with that fundraiser last week. Uh, just one fundraiser for the gumbo was $1,700 uh, when all is said and done. That is unbelievably fantastic. They're really good. We've ever done for any fundraiser uh, wow. food-wise. Uh, you know, Fireworks obviously does way more than that, but that's, you know, weeks of work. And uh, we're going to be working towards Holy Ghost Appreciation Sunday, which will be May 23rd, uh, having the kids learn Revival Fire Fall, which was made popular at the Brownsville Revival. Uh, and so that's going to be really exciting. You know, did you go to that? I didn't. I wasn't born yet. You weren't even born yet. That was the 90s. We took a road, we took a road trip from, from Wagner Assembly God to it. Missy talks about that, how this church did. So, yeah, all these. Everybody, people. pretty much all churches went to it. And it was the I mean, I was only like 10, maybe, and it was the thing, though. I mean, it was a ton of people there. I'll tell you what I can remember, the the actual, I don't know why I can remember this, but there was a guy, we lined up, the huge single file, single file line going forever to wait the doors to come, open up. And the guy would say, this guy was yelling, he was like the security, he said, single file line, watch your step. And it was just over <laughs> and over and over. And I can remember that in the back of my head because it was the best thing ever. He just was pumped and he was telling everybody single file line and watch your step 
But yeah, we got to make that trip. Wasn't so. it that uh, like every was it two years or even less or like six months or something that they had to keep replacing the carpet because of the foot traffic? I've heard that story. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was talking about how this church didn't replace the carpet in the old building since 1973. Man. What does that say about foot traffic for us? But <laughs> that's a that's a different time. Watch out. Yeah. But, Anyway, so uh, what about fun arts? That will be May first. Getting really excited. We have seven kids going, and uh, when I talked to the district leaders, they said that they don't remember this church sending anybody, at least in recent decades. And so they may have way back whenever the Loki's were in charge. You know, they were really booming, and so it's really nice to see our name getting back out in the district, knowing we are alive, we are doing well, and we are excited. We're moving forward, and uh, so we'll be having seven kids and at least uh, ten different categories. Uh, or same categories, at least 10 different uh, entries mm -hmm. that will be going in. So that's going to be real exciting. Mostly car derby uh, because it's something that the boys really do want to do. Uh, you know, Royal Rangers, they don't get to do it as often as they once did. And so getting to do it against the entire state will be a lot more fun. Uh, drawing, because a lot of our kids are really good artists for their age, which is really impressive. Uh, I know, I think maybe one or two of them are baking. So that'll be really exciting. You know, always nice whenever you can consume what it was. Yeah, uh, I, I could, I can dig that. I mean, I got that special order of those um, lava cakes you made me, or whatever uh, yeah. you want to call them, bunt cakes, mini bunt cakes. Yeah. Gosh, I ate them all vacation, and I probably gained ten pounds or so. But, but they were perfect, amazing. I love them. Just at home. <laughs> I have an excuse. Uh, this, so, um, how long has Fun Arts been going on? Not as long as Fine Arts. Uh, fine arts, which uh, when is that coming up for y'all? That's uh, well, we didn't have any entries on that. Nobody wanted to do it. I pretty much talked about it for about three months and still had no interest. So we kind of just said, okay, I'm not going to announce it anymore. Maybe next year we can get back into this thing. I have never been a fine arts guy, but I had people in the church that were like, we'll definitely help you. And so I was telling the kids this, and the kids just didn't seem to be interested in it. Um, we probably need to build their confidence back up. You know who you are out there. You're better than they said you were. Yeah. Okay. The other thing I'd say is I know that's what the reason I'm asking about fun arts is because I don't remember fun arts when I was a kid. I never heard of it. With fine arts, though, if you win and you get to go to the national competition like uh, Hayden, Brittany, and I did, if you win that, you get major scholarships for Assembly God Colleges. Yeah. And so uh, our friends are actually Molly's best friend. And then uh, her older brother and her younger brother have all won first place in sign language or at least some different category like every single year. And uh, her little brother, William, that I'm pretty good friends with, he just won uh, first place in the nation for sign language. And they are unbelievably talented. Well, with that, I don't know if it's each first place you get, uh, but it's some type of, I think, a couple thousand dollars, at least for Sagu and Evangel. Wow. So it really adds up. It's just you doing your talents that you already have. Just letting God use them the way he wants to use them. Wow. It's hard also to get you to do it because, you know, with the kids, they don't, they get judged, but they're not judged so it's like if a kid, you know, does a drawing, they're not going to critique it all the way where it's like, oh, good job using the colors. Maybe you want to do this, like make it more realistic looking. Well, the youth, they actually have to critique it because they're going to go to the national competition, you know, uh, representing Oklahoma. And so they'll go on there and be like, oh, well, you didn't do this. And with, the, you know, during a teenage life and being in high school, middle school, they're going to really take that to heart. Of, oh, no, I'm not good enough. And, you know, just really knocks down their self-confidence. So I guess some of them maybe just be scared for that, which is a shame. But, you know, some of the judges are – a lot harder than they have to be. But. Well, I mean, I don't want to get into the idea of competition, but everything's such a, you know, nowadays it's like a reward for everything, even if you lose. And so that gets back to that competitiveness I grew up on. But when you said something about you, – you hit me something, I wanted to make sure I made a, a person's name be known because I wanted to say thank you. Um, you said evangel. And so 
this the cool story here. I had a, a young lady come and speak for me last Wednesday when I was on spring break. Her name is Jamie Jennings. She her dad's a pastor in Turley. And actually I youth pastored in Turley, and I was Jamie's youth pastor. And so I had heard that she was going to Evangel to become a youth pastor. And I was like, well, I'm gonna be out of town. Why don't I give her a call and see if she wants to do, you know, speak for me while I'm gone? Well, as we're talking about this stuff and and, and just back and forth, you know, over the it's been a couple months really, because I, I I set it up quite a few quite a while ago to make sure, you know, we we'd keep that time frame good. And she told me she was going to church at this church in Springfield called Praise Assembly. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna throw another name out there. The youth pastor that I kind of interned for you, I was just a volunteer intern, was Alan Beauchamp. Okay. Well, it turns out Jamie goes to Praise Assembly and she's in interning for the youth pastor there who's not Alan because Alan is a senior pastor now. So I was like, this is a small world because it was so weird. I was like, I love that church. I'm so glad you're going there. So Jamie, I just want to tell you, if you're listening, if you ever get a chance to listen, hey, appreciate you speaking for me. All the kids said you did amazing. Yeah, she did a great job. Just wish that we had more kids in attendance. Yeah, we had a small break, night. So they're going to be everywhere. But yeah. Thankful for the ones that did come and that really, you know, got in, received the word. Uh, yeah. Speaking of youth, though, what, what if, if you're out there listening and you're a part of the youth group, I've got a couple things coming up that I want you to hear. Um, we're going to be doing some stuff on Sunday nights coming up, and I have the schedule. I'm going to have the calendar coming out for next month, and we're going to do something about 6, six o'clock where we're going to split the girls and guys up and give an opportunity just for a get more of a one-on-one connection. It may be a one-on-seven, one-on-eight, but it'll be that opportunity where I'm not speaking in a sermon form and more letting us all talk together in that small group atmosphere. And I hope you know you guys get to come because it's going to be a lot of fun. And I've talked to Andrew about it, and you might be involved in some podcasts. So you know, you don't want to miss that. You don't. We don't want. To, we want to hear. We would love to hear your opinion on things. Absolutely. So, well, let's dive in. Okay. Uh, so, Sean Zodiac, what is the Zodiac? Where, where did it really start? Okay, so here's what this is coming from. What, our subject we're going to get onto here is is uh, was a question from one of the youth. I'm not going to name drop because that's that's what the thing here is is about. Uh, and coming in confidence of what you said or what you're asking the question about, basically. And so uh, one of the kids from the class, from the youth group, asked me some questions about uh, Zodiac and repeating numbers and dreams and uh, what, what are these things and what do we know from them biblically? Um, what, can, what can you tell me about it? What would be something you talk about? And they said, well, this is kind of goofy. I know my friends make fun of me and stuff. And I was like, no, it's okay. You know, we want to talk about it right. and, and we want to see if we can help you. We are not the experts. That's why no. we're called the second stringers, if it's fair to say. We are not the experts. But we're going to do some – what we did is we did some studying. We looked up some things. We got together. We talked about it. And here's what we came up with. So what are we starting with again? Zodiac. Okay, so what we know about the Zodiac, and Andrew's going to jump into this really good. But the main thing I want to talk about the Zodiac and the idea of that was uh, the Babylonians, which were a big-time enemy in the Old Testament of the Israelites. And a lot of times what would happen is – uh, and what did happen is the Babylonians took over Israel. You know, God gave them, basically it says a lot of times that God gave them, gave them over to the Babylonians. And what would happen is they would adapt a lot of those beliefs and cultures and a lot of the ways they worship pagan gods and things like this. And many times in the Bible, God was punishing the Israelites because they were jumping into these um, astrology, but not just like... I want to make sure we kind of talk about astrology is when we talk about it, we don't say that it's a bad thing because God made the stars. He made the sun. 
He made the moon, and He used those things in the Bible. We use them for directions. We use stars to get around the world back in the day when we had, when not we, but when they had in those ancient times, the ships on the, on the oceans and Mediterranean Sea, they were using this to get around. And so we know as the Babylonians also got into it as an effector of worship, and they were using it to say this is the omen from looking at this constellation. And you're born on this month is what we get into nowadays. And so, what I mean, what tell me what you were looking well, at? Well, it was funny because you know everybody's used TikTok, but these they say about the young girl where she's like, "Oh, I, you wreck, I wreck my car, but that's just what an asparagus does." <laughs> asparagus. Yeah, yeah they don't know what sign they really are, but everything revolves around. Oh, yeah, I'm loud because I'm a I'm a Leo or I'm a Capricorn, so that means I can't eat that on this kind of day. Yeah. And so they use it too much in you know popular culture, so this it becomes so common. That it is a type of witchcraft to worship these, and people just see it as you know funny, like oh, what's my daily horoscope kind of thing. Well, it is something that's satanic, and they have to watch out for it, and understand. And uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting is, uh, you know, evangelists of all kinds like to bring up the point about how atheists don't believe in Christ, or they'll say that he wasn't born. They're like, oh yeah, well every time you write the year in your check, whatever you're writing, 2021, that means that 2021 years ago something big happened, and what was it? it was the birth of Christ? Well, people also don't realize about using astrological symbols in uh, terms like in what they use daily. So if I were to ask you how much your truck weighs, how, well, no, that's, that's too much. Uh, we'll say Eddie. How much does Eddie weigh, do you think? Probably 45 pounds. All right, so if you were to write 45 pounds, you'd put 45, and what would you write after it? LBS. LBS. Now, why would you put LBS? Why is it short for pounds? Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, LBS is the actually the shortened form of Libra, and Libra is the astrological sign of the scales. And uh-huh. so you're, it's actually 45 Libras is what you're writing down. And so people don't realize that's just another way that it slipped into like our everyday use. Yeah, I think sometimes we get – people get so deep into this rabbit hole of these things that they, they, that they want to pull the – they want to pull a thing out of this hat, pull something out of this hat, and, and it's yeah. got, they got to interpret it to the way they want to. I want to make sure to point, and like we talked about, me and Andrew talked before we started the podcast, was the actual idea of astrology is not a bad thing. I said that already once, but but I mean, we know seasons because of the way the sun sets in the horizon, the way the earth tilts. These are stuff that is to do with astrology, but we don't have to use it as a spiritual type thing. Right, and that's what we're talking about, the difference between astronomy and astrology. Is if you start using astronomy, that is how we start to see the stars. You know, even the wise men followed the star to get to Christ after his birth so astronomy using the signs is something that god has given us but when we begin to worship them you know it goes against the ten commandments of okay no they're gods before me then why are you worshiping this as any type of wisdom or guidance in your life um like psalms 8 3 and 19 1 talk about uh, the heavens are god's handiwork you know he also says the stars numbered and named so you know we got psalms 147 4 says that uh, you got things in, in Job where they actually talk about this constellations, uh, Orion, the bear, and the crooked servant. It says in Job 9, 9, 26, 13. These are all references to these types of things in the Bible. Um, we also have situations where, where the seasons, the signs and the season that God gave them to us. In Genesis 1, 14, it says that. Uh, Genesis 15, 5, uh, it tells Abraham that his, that his uh, descendants are going to be the numbers of the stars in the sky. I mean, these aren't these aren't things that are bad, but what they turn it into—I was saying astronomy—but what they do is they turn it into astrology, and then they interpret it into interpretations and omens and good things. And I'm the Aquarius, the 
the P- Pisces. How do you say Pisces? Pisces, yeah. Pisces, the Aries. I've never even done this stuff. Like this was such a good question because I never really got into these things. You know, I see it on Facebook all the time. Um, there was actually – I'm not going to even quote it what it was, but it was a dirty one, and whatever month it was, was there well, – you, you you probably saw it. I mean, it was something bad. It was something to do with the uh, with the sex life or whatever, and you were this month, and that was that. Just not good things. And uh, it says even the royal astrologers of the Babylonian court were put to shame by the prophet Daniel. And Daniel, he had a lot of interpretations when we're yeah. going to get into that with dreams. Pretty good. But, but even in like Deuteronomy – uh, God was telling people exactly to not get into the stars, and He was punishing the Israelites for these type of things. Um, I mean, I think they're great because they they do awaken. Uh, what do you say? Would you say that? so? Ast- ast- astrology. We talked about this because I kept doing yeah. it in astronomy. So the astronomy is something that you should be really in wonder of what God has done. Right. I mean, the amazement of what you see up there, the galaxies, and all this crazy stuff. Well, that's why I have an app on my phone. It's called Sky Guide. It's like two ninety nine or something. It's right here if you want to look at it real quick. But if you point it up at the sky, it tells you what constellation you're looking at. And so whenever my parents and I go walking on the trail and we get to the part where it's not lit, you can really see the stars. It was really cool because we could completely see Orion. So it tells you, like, like I'm looking up right now, but I don't even know if it's dark outside because it's 8 o'clock and they change the time. But it, So you're saying right now, like, if I point it in this direction, it's going to show me those stars? Like, if all the lights, everything is absolutely dark and you see the stars – that's what you're saying. This is going to match me to that. Mm-hmm. We always do this at the house with the big dipper and the little dipper. Yeah. I always That's the only one I ever know how to find. And so then you have like Canis Minor, you know, the dog. And so then it kind of puts like a 3D image of what the what it's supposed to represent. And so this is one of the things. It's really cool to marvel at what God's done and what we've been able to classify them uh, to remember. But we can't start using them like, oh, well, Orion is the archer. We can't start looking at him as a protector or anything. Or pray right. to him like, oh, I see you up in the heavens. Like, watch over me. I mean, it's it's so cool to see that stuff. I, you got your telescope. We're not we're not we're not uh, discouraging you to use your telescope. You know, yeah. this, let's we want to make sure we say that. You know, we want we want to encourage you to look at God's creation and to see the things that He has created. It's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I have never really got deep into that, but I did go to that. Um, it's, it's the Air 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 and Space Museum over yeah, in Tulsa, yeah. and they put you in the dome. I can't think of what that's called, but they show you the stars and everything. Yeah. It's pretty neat. So. What are you, so what are we going to get into next? What do you have there? Well, let's talk about numbers. Let's talk about one thing that people really have a hard time understanding, and I don't even completely understand, is about repetition of numbers in your life. And so it's not just a thing where it's like, oh, I see like a basketball number. Like whenever I was in football, I was number 59 on the field. And so it's like, oh, if you see 59, be like, ah, that's my number. Or like how people have a lucky number. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine's 36, even though it means absolutely nothing. So it's like, ah, 36, that's the one I'm going to go with, you know, just as a joke kind of thing. But the Bible is very specific whenever it uses numbers because we know that's infallible. There are no mistakes with the Word of God. And so whenever they use a number, it was very intentional why they used it. Right. And so let's kind of talk about them. We don't have to go too deep into them because uh, if they need more information, you know, they can look it up themselves. Like I'm using BibleStudy.org as a really good reference uh, online. Uh, but like the number one is only divisible by itself. And so they really use this uh, to represent the oneness of the Godhead with the Trinity. It's something we just can't comprehend. Uh, it represents unity between God the Father and his son Jesus. Uh, would you say number three would represent the Trinity then probably? Well, that's a, another thing is, is it three or is it just one? Mm. Because the thing, they have their three separate personalities, but they don't contradict each other as the one. Uh, but for three, the number three is used 467 times in the Bible. 
Uh, it pictures completeness, uh, though to a lesser degree than seven, because seven is perfect completeness. Uh, the meaning of number three derives from the fact that it is the first of the four spiritually perfect numerals, the others being seven, ten, and twelve. Uh, so whenever you see the number three, number seven, or number twelve, that uh, represents things being are in line. Uh, the three righteous patriarchs before the flood were Abel, Enoch, and Noah. And after the deluge, uh, there were the righteous fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, there are 27 books in the Bible, which is, you know, three times three times three, which is completeness to the third power that people want to bring up. Huh. Uh, Jesus prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Paul prayed uh, three times whenever he talked about, why isn't this affliction leaving me if I prayed three times already? He denied Jesus three times. Yeah. Uh, and then Jesus told him he loved him three times, right? Or he said, do you love me, Peter, yeah. three times? Uh, there were three hours of darkness that covered the land when Jesus was on the cross. Oh. Uh, uh, Here's something I read that was an interesting fact. It says, it says numbers are found in one in every five verses of the Bible. Now, I don't know if I can verify that for sure. I found that, I read that, and I tried to look back in some other things, but it says like a, not like a number itself, maybe just like the number of people, the number of days, like you said, the, the three days. It says one in every five verses of the Bible. And then we talk about like the number seven. Uh, it's used 735 times, 54 times in the book of Revelation alone. Hmm. Uh, you know, when everything in Revelation is about the end, or basically what's being revealed, which will be the uh, the end of the earth and eschatology uh, that we can talk about later. But it is the foundation of God's word. If we include how many times sevenfold and seventh is used, our total jumps to 860 references uh, based off in the number seven. And seven is the number of completeness and perfection, both physical and spiritual. The first one coming from that, from Genesis, when Jesus, I mean, right, God rest, rested on the seventh day right, to basically say it was perfect. Yeah, it's just a really, uh, the basis of everything he has is seven. Uh, according to some Jewish traditions, the creation of Adam occurred on September 26, 37, or 3760 B.C., or the first of the Tishi, I know, Ryan McCauley would Really, this is a Ryan yeah, thing. I, I don't know how to pronounce any of this, but he would, which is the seventh month of the Hebrew calendar. Uh, another, uh, another one I found about the number three uh-huh. is it talks about in uh, Ecclesiastes four twelve how you got one person, and then it says two can fight back to back, and then you got three is even better because it's like a braid of three, and they braid together the strength of it. Um, when I was looking this up, it was kind of talking about like you need. Uh, even so much better when you have three people around you, like three friends and, and more. Another thing I saw, and this was something interesting. And I just, you know, I wasn't sure about it, but this is what I was reading when we were, when we were talking about this earlier and what we needed to study on this, as we were coming up to this point where we were going to do this podcast. Um, some things I was seeing, it was like, they were saying that certain numbers for, for instance, have certain meanings. Uh, you were doing that already with seven and things like that. This one said that number two could represent partnership. Or a duality, like a relationship. Right. Um, it could also be a number two could represent uh, life and death. You have two things there, or you have to pick good or evil. God saying one way or the other. You can't be on the fence like lukewarm. You know that's a that's a that's a number two. Uh, they were talking about um, number zero. Could, if you're dreaming the number zero, you could represent that you have emptiness in your life and you need to get more of God. Now I've never seen numbers. I've never dreamed numbers. But but the uh, the person asking this question had felt like they were seeing numbers, and so and then numbers can also mean different things for different people because there's not just a set answer that God gives of oh if you're seeing this specific thing this is what it means for you because that's why it really takes into or into context why you need to pray like God what are you revealing to me while you show me this 
And now that's what we talked about before is the importance of having a dream journal, even though it seems so like girly or like childish, is it's so important to write down what you have in your dreams. And after a couple of weeks or a month, go back and look. I have no idea what you're I have no idea what that was. Anyway. I'll tell you to talk louder. Oh, I'm sorry. So uh, about it's really important to be able to see, is there a certain type of thing that God's showing me repeatedly in these dreams? Is uh, I told you there was one dream, I won't get into detail, that seemed very, very specific that I need to remember. And I was like, okay, this is probably something I should know. I thought, oh, I'm not going to write it down because I'll just remember in the morning. And if I write it down now because it's like 2 a.m., I won't fall back asleep. And then, of course, 7 a.m. rolled around. I thought, oh, no, I don't remember anything that I just had in my dream. Now you want to be a psychiatrist, right? So is that what it is? No, no counselor. Yeah, yeah psychiatrist. But this is kind school. of stuff you're into. Yeah, but and that's one of the hard things is understanding is make sure that you do it from a biblical interpretation and not. Man's. So are we getting? We're getting into dreams now. Yeah. Are we saying with dreams with numbers, or just are we going into dreams at this point? Well, both, uh, because again, with numbers being symbolic, is you can't look at uh, human interpretation of symbols, and uh, like Freud. Whenever he talks about seeing a ram in a dream, a ram is supposed to be very uh, profitable and uh, like showing uh, life, uh, good expectations to have. But then the Bible, if a ram comes in, it, uh, it's very times uh, representative of Satan coming in, you know, with the twisted with the horns. horns and stuff. And yeah. so it's really important. Make sure that whenever you look, uh, look at your dreams, that you do it through a biblical lens and not, uh, you know, the wisdom of man. Right. So you need, to, you need to make sure that the dream does not contradict, contradict Scripture. Right. Is what you're saying, right? And so I, that's what I, you know, the dreams are in the Bible everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. It's, I have, I have wrote down scriptures that, that are dreams. It says Genesis 37 10, 1 Kings 3, 5 through 15, Daniel 2, and, and chapter 2, and then chapter 5. Matthew, he's interpreting dreams in Daniel to the, uh, to King Xerxes, I believe it is. I'll have to look it up right now if I want. Matthew uh, 1 20. Uh, Matthew 2, 13, and then 19, and then Acts 10, 9 through 16, 16, uh, chapter 16, 9. And there's all kinds of them. It, it's, it's, it is a big, significant part of the Bible. Yeah, it's one of the things is it's so hard to interpret, but it's such an important part throughout all of uh, biblical history, including the Old and New Testament. Uh, I think you're talking about, well, most of these examples do come from the Old Testament because uh, the Holy Spirit wasn't there. Uh, indwelling in everybody, like in the full baptism, to interpret. So God did give special, you know, power or like prophetic power uh, and interpretation. But you talked about uh, with Joseph in the New Testament, God revealing about the uh, the uh, purity of Mary still being a virgin whenever she did conceive Jesus. Oh yeah, I have that one wrote down. It's like that is the to me probably the the basis, you know, of our Christianity. Jesus, you know, this is the this is the most important dream in the Bible. He is, he's, you know, he either, Jesus is raised as a single parent household or God has to tell Joseph this dream that this is real and your wife didn't cheat on, cheat on you. The Holy Spirit made her pregnant, basically. And so it's pretty cool. You know, that's Matthew 8, 8, uh, Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And, and if you give me a second, I can read you that because I think it's a, it's a pretty, it's a really good uh, dream to, to read you because I think sometimes it gets overlooked because we always see the part where, um, where Mary's getting sent, uh, the, the angels telling her, but but we see uh, a verification with Joseph, and I have it set on the, the message, but I'm going to go on the uh, NLT. But it says this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to marry, uh, engaged to marry Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was a virgin, she became pregnant through the Holy Spirit. 
Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, as he considers this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Pretty cool. Everything yeah. our whole thing is based on is is Jesus, and this all goes back to that. Just well, like I was, you know, the assemblies of God with our 16 fundamental truths is that's part of number three, which is the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is we have to understand that if he wasn't born of a virgin birth, that it's not about his holiness uh, and the deity that he has. It's really important to understand. Uh, but a lot of people just try to kind of overlook it. You know, the Catholics overdo it where they start focusing on the virginity of Mary and start worshiping her uh, more as an icon and saint uh, rather than saying, okay, no, she was just a vessel that God used. And uh, they think, oh, well, she died pure. Well, no, she had other kids. You know, Jesus had siblings. Uh, so it's important to realize Mary was great. She was one that God chose specifically to, you know, do this great task. Uh, but it's nothing about her. Everything's supposed to point to Jesus. And if we have anything blocking that view, uh, it's just, it becomes idol worship. So what would you say the, you would probably get God to speak to you the most with? What, what do you think that is? Um, the Bible? You know, pretty much the Word of God. Be, yeah, you know, the written Word. People always say, well, I wish God would speak to me. Well, He gave you 66 books that you're overlooking. So I, I was reading about that, and it says the most that people can say they've been spoke to through God is through the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing is it was interesting that I was reading was some people believe that the dreams ended, you know, in the Acts church, basically. It all ended there. But as a Pentecostal church, Assembly of God, we believe, you know, Things of the spirit continued on, right? Right. So, Book of Acts never ended. So what? So how do we? How do you feel about that? And the, well, what let's is your? Hold on to that thought for just a second because we are out of time with our recording software, so we'll have to do that. Uh, you'll come back. We're going to record it immediately, uh, but it's going to be part of our. It'll be like two. a double. It'll be like yeah, a, it's double a double header. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll be back in a second. <laughs> <laughs> 